Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. Have you thought about doing a detox program to make your overall body get healthier? In today's talk, Lane Van Leisthout will explain exactly how you can do it naturally and actually understand how it can actually help your overall body. The topics for today include what makes your overall body toxic and become sick from that, what are your signs and symptoms of, your, of a, having a toxic overall body? We go into also, what are the pitfalls of doing a detox program? What you need to look out for that can make your overall body more sick. And we end the show talking about the three steps to make sure your body's detoxing properly and long-term staying healthy, my friends. All right. So, and, 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 Line, and Lane has done a phenomenal job helping people long-term stay healthy. That's the overall plan. That's why I have her on the show so many times. Go to, in the show link, we'll have a uh, free product that she's offering now too. Help your overall body get yourself healthy, get started with getting healthy. I understand too, she has a great uh, consulting business, so pick her brain for anything you need. All right, my friends, in the show notes has links to our previous podcast as a video on YouTube or as a podcast through your app. Have a great week, stay healthy, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. Okay. Again, this is Dr. Tony. You've come back to the clinic. And not playing, this is my guest, I think a third or fourth time, Elaine uh, Van Leeshout, correct? Van Leeshout. Van Leeshout. See, again, I'm very consistent in the way I pronounce it improperly. We're here to talk about detox. This is, we're getting into the holidays. Thanks, or Halloween, then Thanksgiving, then, then New Year's, then Christmas, all the stuff we're going through. Everyone worries about gaining weight, being stressed, or everything else, too. How to get our body ready for it, but also doing a detox. We'll talk about what that is. People that don't know how to do it naturally and healthy, so our body doesn't become deplenished from our nutrients, and we feel sometimes in this vicious time of year we get sick. We do things that, and sometimes we'll spend people spend thousands of dollars to detox. They go back to eating the same way they were before, or or drinking the day before too. So how do we? One thing, what my question for Lane will go over the topics too, is. How do we know if our body is toxic, if we need detox, for one, and how do we do it naturally? So let's get right into it, too. What are the signs of someone who's detoxed? Or actually, give me your, give me your background. Just give me what you're doing because you've done phenomenal work with all your clients, and that's why I want you on my show. You've done a great job the last couple of years I've known you to grow your clientele because you have great information and you help them. So what, what's going on with your life? What's going on with your, your career, your profession? Yeah, thanks for having me again. These are always so fun. I'm Lane Van Leeshout and I'm a functional health practitioner. So my whole goal and philosophy is to help people get to the root cause of their symptoms. My primary clientele are women, typically in their 20s, 30s, some into their 40s. It really just depends on kind of the symptoms that they're dealing with. And the most common things that people seek help from me with are things with their gut. So like IBS, irregularity, bloating, they feel like they're eating really healthy, but they're still reacting to certain foods. So they have these food intolerances. They're like, what am I doing wrong? Um, nausea, heartburn, all sorts of stuff like that, but also hormones. So we can have menstrual cycle irregularities, very like a lot of pain, a lot of heaviness, mood changes, anxiety, brain fog, and then low energy is a big one too. And then lower metabolism, super common and very popular reasons to seek support. And so my goal is to get to the bottom of all of this and help support them naturally. And so we do that using a three-step approach. We get labs up front, see where the imbalances are, helps me kind of hone in on what are the biggest areas that need support now. And then we tailor a protocol for them based on their lab results and their symptoms and their goals and really just the context of their entire story. And so it's a streamlined approach and just 
targeted and a clear path forward. And then I support them every step of the way. You do not have to figure this out on your own anymore. It is a, an all-encompassing program to help you get where you're wanting to go as quick as possible. And, and to go on that topic too, why is it good to go someone outside a medical, if you want to call it profession, to get that type of advice versus staying within your insurance company, within your medical network? Why? How? What's the different perspective? How does that work? Yeah, so the conventional medical model, and I can say this because I uh, was trained in it, I worked in it, I lived it for a while, and the whole philosophy there is diagnose and treat. So you're labeling a collection of symptoms or a disease, and you're choosing a pharmaceutical regimen or agent to uh, help with symptoms. So it's symptom suppression. You're just covering them up. You're not really making them go away. You're you're putting a Band-Aid over them, and that's totally necessary and reasonable in some cases for emergency care, acute triage, that type of stuff. But like long-term, we want a better plan because the medications aren't going to reverse the underlying imbalances. So in the meantime, we really want to be working on nutrition and lifestyle. And that's such a huge area that's lacking in the conventional model because there's a lot of time constraints and insurance calls the shots. And also when it comes to labs, a lot of people can't get the labs they really need because they won't be covered by insurance. Um, there's a lot of hoops to jump through with it. And I find that when I get to choose what we're doing, it's just so much quicker, easier and faster. Um, so it just really helps take out a lot of the guesswork. There's still a lot of guessing and just standard or standard approaches. So it's not as customized with a conventional model either. It's almost like if you want, if you have a problem, I want to take care of it now. Do you want to have to navigate and negotiate with your medical doctor to not only see the doctor, but also then get, then happen to, well, not beg, but now say the right terminology, get the right labs. And then you talk about three, four, five weeks later, six weeks later, you could have been already on a program with Lane to get your body healthier off the bat. You're not waiting the whole time. Right. That's, that's my benefit. I don't like to wait. I'm, I'm impatient. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no. And with that too, I like the labs because those are objective findings and you want different ones that help your body heal. Does that help you understanding where your body is toxic also and where your body needs help from a health perspective? For sure. I mean, we, I specifically do gut testing and hormone mm -hmm. testing, and then we also do nutrients on in blood work and inflammatory markers. So we can kind of gather some data with like what your body's up against as far as over overarching toxic burden, so to speak. I have done testing before where we're looking for specific toxins, but what I found was that we needed a lot more done first. So that might be something to do later down the road. First, let's get our gut in check, our hormones well balanced, and then we can go with some of the other tests that are out there because the foundations are going to stay the same for the, like the vast majority of people, like 80, 90%, they're going to they need to get some strong foundations in place before we even talk about detoxing. And that's another thing that we'll talk about today is because if you just go straight in with a detox without having optimal gut health and digestion, you're going to run into like unwanted symptoms and might feel a lot, lot worse. It's something to where your everyone's human body requires certain nutrients and certain ways to be efficient or deficient or even toxic too. Once you have those standards in play, then you can actually be, then you can kind of play the system a little bit, correct? Yeah. So once you have like, let's get optimal protein in, let's get lots of fiber in, let's get our bowels moving every day, let's support our liver. And then you can fine tune and go for more of the targeted like detox approaches. You'll know something will pop up. Okay, this is now we're going to focus on. But when you have everything involved, you kind of want to break it down one variable at a time, correct? 
Yeah. Yeah. Because it can be really overwhelming, not only to the person, like mentally it can be overwhelming, but your body can get physically overwhelmed too. When you try to do so much at once, and then it can be really confusing with what's working and what's not. And what's the time frame for something like that to kind of get your body more settled in and one little, uh, not a, not a habit, but more of a healthier or more stable uh, gut health. Everybody's a little different depending on where they start. Like what is their current lifestyle when they come to me? But most people four to six months, we want like some really, a really strong starting point. We cover a ton of ground in that time. And then usually they're feeling so much better. And then they're coming from a place of strength to then talk about a potentially more detailed or in-depth detox. When you tell your clients four to six months, do they go into like, what, why so long? Or that's normal. That seems normal to them. I th- I find that they they're they're ready for it. They're like I've been I've been dealing with this for years. What's you know four to six months? I can feel so much better in that short period of time compared to these like year two, three, four, five that I've been struggling. So yeah, it's really well received. It's amazing when people have that longevity of I want my health better for a long time, not just a year from now, not just blah blah blah. They they think they like you said they've already gone through. The rigmarole of taking medication, being diagnosed with this, trying this is they've been depleted from that system. They're almost distrusting. Now they want to find a way to make sure make their health better naturally. And, and you're giving them that pathway to get there, which is phenomenal. Yeah, it's the sustainability piece that's really important too. And with when you mentioned also prior exposures, what does that mean with helping someone understanding where their toxicity may come from? So we're exposed to toxins continuously, right? In our air, our home environment, pollution outside, chemicals in our food, pesticides, personal care products. I mean, there's the continuous input that our body is up against and our body makes its own toxins as well, like metabolic byproducts. And that's normal and it should be doing that. But our whole goal is to be able to eliminate the toxins properly. And that's where a lot of the barriers or challenges come in is because we're, our body's brilliant, right? Like it's very well equipped to handle everyday things, everyday toxins, everyday stress. But the problem is when that's, it literally is every single day and an insult after insult, it's like a compounding effect. I don't know if you've ever heard of the analogy like with a toxin bucket, but if you imagine like we were all born with this, you know, toxin bucket, so to speak, and we all have like a unique capability to handle and manage toxins. And so toxins come in, fills the bucket, the body is dumping out the toxins, getting rid of them like it should. But the more and more that we're exposed and if our body's not able to eliminate properly, that bucket can overflow. And that's when we start to see symptoms, especially. And that can be gut symptoms, hormones, skin, immune system. And so the goal is to not only reduce the input or the exposure of the toxins, but also optimize the ability to get rid of them. It is also a, a like you mentioned initially, to getting your body, your gut health better first so then you can handle more toxins than you would if your gut health was actually unhealthy or, or sick. What's, what question was that? In the sense where going on your topic too, if if our if we can handle if our if our gut is healthy, like you mentioned the four to six months, they can handle more toxins, you can kind of see where your body can handle naturally, and addition to delimiting toxins in your in your diet and also just your environment too. Yeah, and gut health is huge because our intestines, so mm-hmm. our stool, bowel movements are our final pathway to toxin elimination. So if your gut health is not great, especially if you're dealing with more sluggish motility or constipation, then the toxins are simply not coming out. And 
we we're taking out the trash when we poop every day is the, tr mm -hmm. the trash, the waste, the substances in our body that are again, supposed some of them supposed to be there. Others we bring on from the environment, but we have to get them out. And so if we're not getting them out, that it, that's when the bucket overflows, but this also has a lot to do with our liver and our gallbladder. Those are part of the gut as well, the GI system. And so those have to be optimized and they all really work together. And, and what in someone's blood work are you looking for to see if they can eliminate properly? What, what's their blood work going to show or, or kind of identify? It's hard to always see on blood work. We, we, we look at liver markers, but they're not always elevated. Those yeah. can be years in the making before they're wow. elevated. And so we usually when they are elevated, we're thinking of like fatty liver type situation or acute liver inflammation, which is a, like a medical emergency type thing. Yeah, but, um, that can be a marker, also just looking at inflammatory markers. But then one of the really cool tests that I love, well, one is the GI map. This is a stool analysis. And mm -hmm. one of the markers that it measures is called beta-glucuronidase, which is an enzyme that certain bacteria can produce and it can decouple estrogen from the escort that was going to eliminate it. So if you imagine, okay, so what the liver does is it's going to package up estrogen. It's going to put a bow on it. It is ready to go. gets okay. put into the intestines to be eliminated, but beta-glucuronidase can come around, act like scissors, snip off the bow, and now oh. estrogen is no longer packaged and it can recirculate. So we can, that tells us that the liver needs some support and that there might be some bacteria that are overgrown contributing to the activity of that enzyme. And then the second test that I love is the Dutch test. So this is a urinary hormone test. And one of the cool uh, insights that we get from it is how you metabolize estrogen mm. through the liver. And so you'll see three different pathways and we want a, a certain uh, combination of all three but primarily down one of the pathways that's, that is known to be more protective. So if we see one of the other two being more dominant, then we know that the liver is struggling a little bit and we can start to shift to the other pathway using different nutrition hacks and supplements. And that makes sense to me, but for someone who's watching, it's, it's almost like we're going to use different tests to prove our theory that you have this problem, which is phenomenal. And then allow the sibling to walk you through what that means allows you to go, okay, we're, we're going to check your urine, we check your stool, we're going to check your blood work, we're going to check everything so we know we're not missing anything, or, we're, or we can double check what we think might be in there as our, as our theory. And then, then again, using all information to give you a solid treatment plan to make your body and your gut health better. Boom. Yes. Correct? Good, good, good. And, and why are some people, looking at your, your questions too, why are some people more prone to be toxic than others besides their environment? Is it just, is it a genetic thing? Is it something that we're born with? It can be genetic. And the important thing to know is that your genetics don't determine your fate. So we can't hang our hat on that and be like, oh, I'll always have this because of my genetics. We cannot settle for that. Um, I heard the saying, I don't remember who said it, but like genetics load the gun, but lifestyle pulls the trigger. Yes. So you can activate your genetics in certain ways that are either more helpful or more harmful. So yes, there can be a genetic predisposition, but the vast majority is going to be lifestyle and nutrition driven. I tell people too, it's like you may have to dispose to something that maybe in your health, maybe for headaches, migraines, or scoliosis for what I do, but it's almost now how do you counter that with more stretching, more exercise, more being aware of your diet, of your of even your lifestyle, so you know if, if you're off a little bit more than Johnny or your friend, it's gonna affect you more. So you have to be more aware of how you're being affected by your environment, lifestyle, your toxicity around you, then improve that over time. 
Yeah. And just honoring that we're all unique and we all have this bio-individuality. So what works for me is not going to work for Dr. Tony and for the next person over. And so that's where the customization piece of my program and really what I help clients with is so huge because there's not a one-size-fits-all protocol or program. And so how can we tailor it to make sense for your specific situation? And and, and going over some of your notes too, what are some things with food, water that you kind of talk to your clients are more common that become more of a way to change your life. So what, what do you talk about with food and water? Well, first we want to eat whole foods for the most part. That doesn't mean you can never touch a process. And what are whole, I mean, just to back up, what are whole foods actually? Some people are, we're West Coast, we eat McDonald's, I don't know what we do eat over here. We do too, but um, whole foods are going to look as similarly as they did when they either came out of the ground or came from the animal. So of course there's some of it is going to look a little bit different, but you don't want it to be so unrecognizable. Mm. Like a carrot should look like it did when it came out of the ground, except maybe it's been chopped up or cleaned or whatever. Um, so that's just an example. And then processed foods are mostly going to be coming in like packages with lots of ingredients in there. So to clarify, like oatmeal comes in a package. It is somewhat processed, but it's more of a whole food than say like another type of cereal. Um, Same thing with beans. They come in a package. Rice comes in a package, but look at the ingredient label. It's beans or rice or oatmeal. And so take the can, empty the can out, eat the canned food. This is a, that's a, this is a batch of lifestyle lifestyle. And with (laughs) fast foods, are there, do you recommend your clients to hold off on fast food completely or certain ones that are considered somewhat healthier? Hmm. Well, when we first start off, we're trying to reduce as much inflammation as possible. It's going to kickstart gut healing, hormone balancing. And so I say try to avoid it. That doesn't mean like if you're in a pinch and it's either fast food or no food, maybe the fast food's a better option. So you're not like dropping your blood sugar and causing a cortisol spike. But we really want to be thinking like, how can we plan ahead? How can we avoid having to rely on fast food? Because Yes, there are some better options, though. So you're going to want to stay away from the fried foods, go for like the grilled chicken and the salad or something like that. If you are in a situation where that's your normal and it's just too much to even imagine cooking your own food right now is make the make better swaps within what you're working with, like with what you can. But try to avoid the fried foods for sure. It's almost like you, there's ways and you, you talk to clients with, too. How do you have a protein bar on the side? How do you have some nuts on the side in there? You can figure it out. We're, we live in, I don't live in the country. I live in the city. I'm not, if, unless I'm starving where I have to, I'm crawling into McDonald's. I'm not going to eat McDonald's because you know, it's in there. And, and t- you tell your clients too, what are in these foods you're eating? So you kind of walk through them in detail, educate them of, to look at what you're eating and what's going on with it. French fries, McDonald's, they never go bad for a reason because they're that. They're, I don't even know if it's a French fries at all. With yours, it's almost understanding how do we eat healthier to make our body inside healthier so our body can stay healthy, which is the overall goal, correct? And with water too lane, how does water take an effect to help our, our GI system work better? Well, we have to hydrate to be able to urinate and flush out toxins. So our kidneys and bladder are part of our detox system as well. So flushing your body helps them eliminate things in the urine. Um, But beyond that, we have to be thinking, are we dehydrating ourselves by drinking too much plain water? You know, Mm. drinking a gallon of water is like such a craze these days. And the thing is, we have to be replacing the minerals with it. Or sometimes we don't have enough minerals or electrolytes to balance out the water itself. And so a a sign of this is if you pee and it's just straight clear water, 
you want it to be like a light yellow. That tells us that the water was going into the cells and the tissues instead of just running right through us. And a way that we can do that is using the mineral mineral or electrolyte replacement. I love the brand Element or LMNT. I actually have a um, discount or a link where if you wanted to try them, you can get a free sample pack with your first purchase. So highly recommend something like that. They're super convenient um, to go packets and all, but that's going to help with cellular hydration. So getting the water into the cells, into the tissues where it can actually work. And that is so important for hormones and nervous system, which have a big impact on our gut. Is Element a mineral and vitamin supplement or is it just the vitamin supplement or what is what is Element? Go over that one. It's got electrolytes and minerals. So it's got okay. sodium, potassium, magnesium. Perfect. And we, and we need that all at all time, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Sodium and potassium are really um, important for the adrenals. Magnesium and potassium really important for blood pressure. But they're all they all kind of work in concert with different organ systems and together. It's almost muscle skeletal in your muscles and joints, but also including your diet. It's an overall good body thing to have in your body all the time. Yeah. And here's another thing is like your intestines have muscles too. Mm. And so that's another way we can think about how minerals support gut health is the motility of our intestines, how they contract and relax. So are we losing too many minerals or water in our stool because it's more loose and diarrhea or do we not have enough? And that's where minerals and water can come in and move things along or help replace what we might have lost in the form of like watery stools. So and, and kind of like not getting too gross about it, but do you tell your clients, really watch your stools and see how they react to what your diet is changing to? Yeah, often we'll show them a picture of the Bristol stool chart and be like, think about where you are right now. And we want to be typically around a four. And okay. so they'll be like, yeah, I thought I was normal, but turns out I'm like a, a two or a seven. Well, just a loser lane. That's what I am. I don't know. <laughs> but that's like, then you go from the cave. I'm a two. How do I get to a three? How do I get to a four? How do I get to a, How do I get myself up the chart? to make by doing the right things for my body. Right. And that's where nutrition plays such a big role. Are we getting enough, enough protein, enough fiber, enough starchy carbs to like feed the gut microbiome and support good motility? Um, but also one interesting way that toxins play a big role in our gut health is the body's always going to be very smart. And so if it's mm -hmm. picking up, let's just say, for example, a mercury toxicity, maybe because you have mercury amalgams in your right. dental fillings, I am one of those people. So like I'm talking about myself currently, but for, it's okay. It's, you know, what been 20 some years now. So <laughs> but mercury is a neurotoxin and it always will be a toxin in any amount, but the body in its wisdom will sometimes allow gut overgrowth to take place because they can hold on to or absorb those toxins, essentially taking them out of circulation. And oh, it's yeah. safer when they're like packaged away in the form of candida or bacteria. And oh. so that's really common, even though we don't want to deal with a bacterial or candida overgrowth, it can be the lesser of the evils when there's otherwise the other option is a toxin circulating in your bloodstream. Which, which is good to know because some people realize something may seem for some people, they're all or nothing. You want, you want a combination of both, correct? You want your body to be overall balanced, maybe your oral, maybe your floor, maybe anyone in your body. So you don't have too deficiency or too toxic all at the same time. Yeah. Are there, yeah. Are, certain, are there certain minerals or vitamins we should be careful with having too much of that can cause to become toxic? Hmm. Like, I I've, I've heard of iron as being an issue with tissue with seniors to where they they become constipated because because all the medication they're taking they take more iron to actually maybe negate that process. 
Yeah, iron is and copper to, to kind of talk about those. Those can be toxic in higher levels and iron in particular. We need it for good thyroid function and hair health and all of these things, adrenals. But if we're supplementing it without figuring out why we're low, we can run into more problems. Is the body sequestering iron in the form of ferritin because it's trying to protect you from the inflammatory effects that iron can have? So your iron looks low, but your ferritin's high. That tells us that maybe there's something else going on. Often bacteria, even parasites can contribute to that picture. Um, and same with copper. So I generally don't supplement with either of those unless we have the full picture. I think full picture meaning your blood work, your stool sample, everything you're doing to make sure that you understand everything in the overall body. And yeah. now topics, what are common ways people detox now that may be not the best thing for them? Well, juices and cleanses are very common. Yeah. And okay. They're not always like the worst thing. They're not inherently bad, but you could yeah. be skipping some steps and potentially causing more harm than good. It's, it's also more short term. So like, what's our yeah. long term plan here? So the very first step that you always want to do for, for detoxing is supporting your drainage pathway. So that's making sure you're pooping every day, supporting your liver, so making sure you're sweating, supporting your lymphatic system, mm -hmm. hydration. Those are foundations that if they're not in place, your cleanses aren't going to work. And so so you could just simply be wasting time and money on it. But beyond that, you could be freeing up these toxins and they have nowhere to, to get out. So really focusing on at least one daily bowel movement because you're not pooping. Remember, you're not taking out the trash. So you're right. not going to be detoxing optimally. And then our liver is, of course, one of our primary detox organs. Most people know that. And it's it we want it to be able to really well function to handle whatever toxins that we are trying to get rid of. And there's a lot of things in our modern lifestyles that can impair liver detoxification, like caffeine, excessive alcohol, cigarette smoking, charred meat, dysregulated blood sugar. So like high insulin that can all contribute to liver strain. And then things that help our liver are not as common. So we're like upregulating the harmful things and downregulating the helpful inadvertently, like whether we realize it or not, it's just common. And so we want like cruciferous vegetables to support the liver, B vitamins, protein for the amino acids, making sure we're having good bowel movements, good sleep, normal insulin, managing our stress. So all those things are really important as the first steps. And then with, with everything going on, what, what, what are the good things that, for example, some people do take our stool softeners. Are those good at all? I tend to not lean on them. Yeah. It, the one that I would say while we're trying to figure out why is something like magnesium citrate. So this is going to be, of course, like bio individual. I'm not telling people to go take magnesium citrate, you know, blindly, but as far as what's over the counter available for that, that is a, one of the safest options and it's gentle enough, but also really effective. So but I again, would Yeah. But again, you're, you're, you're trying to figure out, okay, well, how come I can't, you're dealing with just the end product versus why isn't your system working properly, correct? Yeah, so we use the magnesium citrate in the beginning, ideally just in the beginning, then as we rebalance the microbiome and figure out what other functional things are causing maybe more constipation, then hopefully we're eliminating the need for long-term magnesium citrate use. We mentioned notes to the, um, skipping steps. What does skipping steps mean? Well, the first is not opening up your drainage pathway. So skipping steps would be like going straight into like a detox protocol, but you, mm. only, you only poop once a week. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're not only wasting time, you're also stressing your body out too, correct? You're not, you're not yeah. too much, but you're not eliminating what you should be eliminating. Take out the trash or we said, we said, my, 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 my friends say at least, if you talk about uh, taking the kids to the pool. Yeah. That's, that's what you do. Instead of saying, take out the trash, take, 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 take the kids to the pool, I guess. That's what we, that's what we usually say on our, on our end per se. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. Our <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's really important to not always rely on the more fancy or like shiny things because there there's a lot of that. There's a lot of trends and there's a lot of influencers promoting like these magic supplements and things. But mm -hmm. if you don't have the foundations in place, you're not going to feel the way you want to feel and you cannot out supplement a poor lifestyle or poor nutrition. Mm -hmm. So it's That's just so depressing, Wayne. Come on now. I want to do a quick, easy. No, it, but you're, like you said before, it takes four, six months to change your overall body, make your body healthy, then keeping healthy is going to be the overall key. And so it's long term. It's not just short term, correct? Yeah. And the thing is, is when I talk about like detoxing, like don't detox until you're four to six months in, that means like an aggressive detox protocol, but we're detoxing in smaller ways all along the way. We're getting the poop out. We're hydrating. We're addressing the gut bacteria. We're addressing the liver. So we're supporting all of those exact foundations that I keep talking about in other ways so that you're you're going to be detoxing all along, but it's not going to be so intense where we're like pulling in binders and things like push toxins. It's more just supporting the optimal um, functioning of the body itself. It's almost we're trying to get the body to get healthy, healthy, healthy. We don't want to do so we don't do spikes because that almost is just going to cause the body to go into stress mode and regulate back to here again versus slowly get that foundation to build, build up, build up. And yeah. you talk about swapping products. What are products that clients should be able to deal with that that they swap become their body less toxic and healthier? So many things. Like we said in the beginning, we are exposed to toxins continuously, like the air we breathe, the things we touch, the products we use in the shower or our personal care products, the water we're drinking if it's not well filtered. So it can be overwhelming because you're like, oh, all these toxins, like why do why even try if we can't avoid them all? But the, there's such a mindset with it. And if you can help reduce the overwhelm and just say, I'm going to control what I can and accept what I can't control. That will help a lot. And also not trying to do it all at once because overwhelm is a toxin itself. So if you're so overwhelmed with one, the toxins and two, how do I get rid of them? It can actually put a lot more stress on our bodies, which is not our goal. And so a lot of the products we start with are cleaning up food. So trying to eat organic, follow the clean 15 or dirty dozen list from the environmental working group because it's hard to get all organic food and we don't necessarily need to, but making the smart swap starting there, making sure we have a good water filter, um, air filtration in the home, but then personal care products is like our lotions, our soaps, shampoos, avoiding fragrance found in perfume and the plugins and stuff like that. So eliminating those and finding things that are safer to swap with. It's almost making things simpler over time, your lifestyle per se, versus making it more complicated. You know, it's like it's like my, my wife and I have two countertops, right? In our in our bathrooms. Mine, toothbrush, razor, lotion, that's it. Everything else in the cabinet. Hers, I have no idea what's on there. So it's almost like can we make our bodies less toxic by keeping things simple by eliminating things that we don't really need and then making things healthier. And again, this is 2023. We can make things healthier without having to spend more money, correct? Yeah, I believe so, because the simplicity part is like really important and you don't need a ton of things necessarily. 
So I find that I, I am striving to be a minimalist myself in certain Thank areas. Thank you. Us, us husbands <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like, every day. I don't know what they're buying. I don't know what that is. It, it sounds like our bathroom counter too, though. So <laughs> I saw a video and I'm like, I was like complaining, you can do this. I'm like, yeah, but look at your counter. I don't know what's on there. It's just packed. It's obviously a video. But it also, you talk about, someone asked me too, how does deodorant tox make your body more toxic or detox your body? Deodorant. Mm. Okay. So deodorant and antiperspirant are two different things. Deodorant yeah. is to help with odor. Perspirant, antiperspirant is to help prevent sweating. Okay. Sweating is one of our forms of detoxification. So if we're blocking yeah. the pathway, that ain't, that's not our goal. Um, and I get that this is like a mindset shift for people. I'm like, well, I don't want to feel, you know, that way. Yeah. But other other components are there's a lot of a lot of times aluminum or fragrance in the deodorant, and our mm -hmm. skin is our biggest organ, and it's essentially like one big mouth. I think it's like 70 plus percent of what we put on our skin is absorbed systemically. And the caveat to this is things we swallow go through our liver for filtration. Things on our skin don't really get that luxury. And right so, yeah, right to your bloodstream. Yeah. And then it's going into your lymph system, which then goes into your liver eventually. So it's getting there, but it's not being filtered before it causes the harm. Um, and so there, because we have lymph nodes under our arms, that's another thing is just thinking of how that might be affecting that organ system too. Well, there's been links with people that use deodorants that are antiperspirant all the time that they have caused some links, as, as you know, to breast cancer, men and men and women. Yeah. So they got to be real careful with that. Anything else products you think of from your clients you, that are kind of common things that you help them kind of switch or change or understand? Toothpaste is a big one. Um, so yeah, all like the personal care products you think of that you're using day in and day out. Shower stuff, lotions, face stuff, or toothpaste, toothbrushes is fluoride. So let's talk about that. Ooh. A little bit of a controversial topic. Um, but fluoride is a neurotoxin and there's a lot of newer ways of thinking that we don't, you know, need it for to exactly. that it, you know, can prevent cavities. Yes. But there's also safer ways that we can do that. And there's some effects from fluoride that we don't really want. It can calcify soft tissue like arteries. So it can lead to like cardiovascular problems down the road or other arterial problems. It can calcify our pineal gland in our brain. Mm -hmm. So that is responsible for producing melatonin. So if you're dealing with insomnia or something like that, think about that correlation. Another really important thing is fluoride is on this, the same part of the periodic table as iodine or so they're, you know, the same category with halogens. And so when we're consuming fluoride inadvertently, like swallowing it in our water or absorbing it in our mucous membranes from brushing our teeth, that can mimic iodine because they look really similar and it can throw off our hormone balance because iodine is really important for our hormone um, T4 creation of that. Is there a brand of toothpaste you recommend to your clients or a couple brands? Yeah, I've got three that I really like. My favorite is Wellness. So it's like Wellness with an E. I yeah. get it from Thrive Market. Um, Risewell is a good brand and Boca are probably my Boca. top three. Perfect. Mm -hmm. And anything like that. They're just It's being people aware of that maybe simple knowledge to us that they may just not know. They may go to the store and go, let's see this toothpaste. I need to my teeth whiter. Boom, I'm good to go. Done. Yeah. It's causing problems. And one thing I love about all three of those brands is they use hydroxyapatite, which is in place of fluoride. 
Uh, okay. So it's helpful for cavity prevention. So you can still feel really confident that you're being protected in that way without the neurotoxicity. It's called hydroxy. Hydroxyapatite. It's so one word. You know all these big words. I don't use like more than two syllable words, Lane. I don't know what they mean anymore. <laughs> I can make sure I remember these things. And also going back to deodorant, what are certain brands you recommend for deodorant? Primally Pure is a good brand. Yes. Prim um, Primally Pure. Okay, got it. two words. Okay. Yes. I have this one currently. It's from a small shop though, so I don't remember the brand, but it's actually a spray, like a little yeah. mist. Um, but it uses like herbs, like basil. I know is in there. Okay. Um, and don't laugh. I'm very serious when I say this, but lime juice, the juice of lime itself can be very effective against odor. Now it, it's not necessarily going to help you stop sweating, but yeah. there's no odor. It, it makes sense, right? It's an acidic. They kind of kill whatever toxins that are causing you. And, and why do people smell in their armpits? Why? The bacteria. Why, why. It's the the contact of sweat to the bacteria. So it has a lot to do with our microbiome of our skin. We have, you know, a collection of bacteria and other organisms all throughout our body. So our mouth, our skin, our stomachs, all of that stuff. And there's a different balance that we want in all of them. So whenever you think of imbalances with the skin, you can think of like, how is this potentially pointing in the direction that our gut actually needs some support to. So it's almost if our body is healthier, we're not going to smell when we sweat. Yes. Is that correct? That is the philosophy. Yes, I got one. I got one. Anything else? And we have, we have a couple more things to go over. Anything else that you kind of want to go over that you go with your clients that becomes more of like a, hey, let's make sure folks in this one too? Yeah, I would say you need to let me know if you're not pooping every day, number one. Then we really hone in on nutrition for the first several sessions. So like, are we getting ample protein? I really try to shoot for like 30 grams per meal, um, ample fats, a variety of different vegetables and plant nutrients and fiber. Liver loves stuff like that, especially herbs and beets and um, crucifers are so helpful for helping the liver do its job. And the crucifers are especially helpful for high estrogen symptoms. So big uh, recommendation for that. And then the product swaps are more as we go. So we'll talk about water. Like let's focus on water this week and let's talk about, you know, toothpaste the next week and kind of sprinkle it in. So it doesn't lead to as much overwhelm. Um, but I think just remembering the basics, like making sure we're sleeping, supporting our nervous systems. Uh, those are some of the big ones. It's almost like you're helping someone change your lifestyle First of all, nutrition-wise, and then over time, little things here and there. So it doesn't seem like you've said more like a big hit. I can do this. I can, and you learn them to build the confidence too. I'm seeing a difference. I'm seeing a change. What else can I do to make myself healthier? Again, long-term. Exactly. Because if I was to give someone a roadmap of all that we're going to do in a six month yeah. period, they'd probably run because they're like, there's no way I can do all of that. Yeah. That's why we do break it down into those smaller steps and we build that confidence and they see like, oh, I can do this. It is working. Okay. What's the next step? They're ready for yeah. it. Um, so really like, yeah, the, the little steps add up. And I tell people all the time, like just as an example, if we want to get 30 to 45 minutes of physical activity in per day, but you're like, well, I don't have 45 minutes. Yeah. I have five minutes though. So let me start there. And then you might find I actually have eight minutes and I actually have 12 minutes and you can do it twice instead of all in one span. So it's about finding how it works into your existing lifestyle. Because if you feel like you have to totally uproot everything by like tomorrow, it's going to set you up for failure. 
it almost like you need the mindset of slowly adapting until you get that mindset of conflict. You had said that when they can they can figure out a way to add those things back to the back in their life makes it comfortable for that actually seems like I can do this. Yeah. And a lot of times it's because people lack energy. They're like, I'm too tired. How can I possibly do anything else more in my day? I don't have the energy as it is. And so that's where we work on maybe let's say sleep or our morning routine our circadian rhythm, getting our light or eyes exposed to light. That will all help energy, which will maybe in three weeks give you the energy to find 10 minutes of your day to go for a walk. So it's very strategic in the way that we do it so that you're not feeling like you're you're not going to be able to make it work. It's about helping you find ways to be successful. It's like doing little Jedi mind tricks with them too. Like, okay, let's do this. You're almost like, okay, you're not, you're, you're helping them in long term by understanding where they are initially. Does sleep a big, is sleep affected by when our body's toxic? Yeah. And it's kind of like a two way street. So if we're not sleeping, we're not detoxing. That's like mm-hmm. the hours that our body's like doing the most tissue repair and most detox work. But at the same token, we can have insomnia or nervous system dysregulation causing more sleep issues because of the toxins. Toxicity or lack of optimal detox pathways is one of the top three root causes. So we are dealing with nutrition not being in place, toxins, and then nervous system dysregulation or stress. So it's a huge area that can affect all sorts of different organ systems and daily like symptoms that you have. Nice. And, and it's understand, like you, like you mentioned, there's sleep, there's what products you use for one, two, your attitude, everything is a way to now adjust it. So you get the benefits. Then one thing as, as you did before too, you're teaching your clients how to take care of their own body. So long-term they can self-regulate what, what can not sleeping well. I feel this, I'm not pooping enough. What, what's going on? So you're teaching them how to take care of their own body long-term, correct? Yeah, like troubleshooting almost. And a lot of it comes down to like reflection. Like, okay, well, what happened in my life these past couple of weeks? Is there something going on like stress-wise or at work Mm -hmm. that has contributed to my nervous system being a little bit more haywire, which will affect our bowels, slow things down sometimes. Sometimes it'll speed things up. Can certainly impair our sleep too. And sleep has a big connection with the bowel. So it's all connected and really taking that step back and doing a little self-assessment and be like, okay, what's di- what's been different in my life and my routine and what might be a plausible cause for what I'm experiencing? It's good because you're walking through the whole process. Once they feel better, they go, now, now I'm taking up the trash and everything I need to do. Well, I'm off now. Now they can fine tune. They can look, like you said, the big picture of which factors are not working properly and get those factors back in line. Yeah. And another big thing we didn't talk about is like, yes, we can optimize our body and that's the number one, but if we're not removing the toxins and there's a continued exposure, let's say of mold being a huge one, you know, we might be able to handle a little fluoride here and there. That might not be what, you know, the, the biggest deal, but if we are living in a home that has mold circulating in the air and the carpet, we can do all the detox in the world and we can still run into problems because the environment isn't different enough to support um, reduced toxic burden. How do you test someone? Do you, some of your lab tests test for mold also? Not my traditional ones, but there I have done urinary mycotoxin testing uh, and it was really helpful, but it was in the context of they had already built a strong foundation. So then we could go after the mold more targetedly. Um, You definitely want to remediate the mold in your home or figure out a different living situation, which is a huge ask, right? Like that's not just like, oh yeah, I'll take care of that tomorrow. Um, 
it's a big deal, but you can test your home for mold and like signs of that can be like random rashes or autoimmunity, um, obviously respiratory stuff like asthma or wheezing, always getting sick. Those are some big ones. Well, probably the problem is too, is if you're at a big ask, but is it affecting just you or your family, your spouse, mm -hmm. if you love them, I guess, and also your kids too, you know, so a combination of both is even maybe on your pets. But everything in your in your home is being affected by the mold, not just you. Right. But that doesn't mean that everybody's going to present the same way. And no. that's why it gets really confusing for people. Like, well, why? How can we have mold if I'm feeling like crap, but my husband's fine? Yeah. It's because of the genetics. Um, it could be partially genetic and just that to the toxin bucket. So the uniqueness of your own toxic, toxic load that somebody might be able to better handle it than you. And so it's presenting in different forms. Plus, we could, could be a guy thing too, where a guy just like, oh, we're fine no matter what. We're right. Good. Could be that. <laughs> could be that. Could be that. And, and and I saw some of your notes too. And what is your low toxic, uh, your, your low toxic product guide? What is that? Yeah. So I have created a guide to help people in this transition to help reduce the overwhelm. And because there's so many products out there, right? And not all of them are trustworthy. They might say clean or organic or fragrance free, which great, but they could still have other harmful things in there. It's kind of like we're being greenwashed. Like if you see a food that's like gluten free, that doesn't mean it's healthy. You have to look at the ingredient label like, oh, maybe it's just straight sugar. And when has advertising ever been honest with you? No, it has not. No, I mean, people, sure, people no. they know how to market their products and sell yeah. them. So they're going to use the buzzwords that we like to see. So um, what I have is basically here are my favorite water filters. Here's my favorite shampoos and different brands that you can um, trust and that I have used personally or know that people really love because they not only are clean, but they also work really well because that's like a compromise. We don't always want to give up. We still want them to work. Yeah. Um, so it's all kind of spelled out, categorized, like kitchen stuff, bathroom stuff, personal care, water filter, air filter. And so you can kind of work your way through that. And what I recommend is like printing it off and then you can cross it out when you've already replaced it. And that way you can really see, oh, well, next month, let me focus on this. Or when I run out of dish soap, then I'll switch that for next time. And that's a very reasonable plan or strategy to go about all of that. We all want to get healthier. And that's the biggest thing. But can we do it simply over time? We're just getting shocked at one time. That's that's great. And yeah. the other links do we have here for your website? Yeah, you're phenomenal on Instagram, TikTok, everywhere, YouTube, everywhere. So you've done a great job in the last couple of years getting your getting your your word out there, your communication has been phenomenal. How do you want to end the show? What's what's a good takeaway from this overall show today? I would say our overall goal is to help you set your body up for success. So reduce those exposures where you can support the natural detox abilities with our gut and our liver, like the ways we talked about today, the hydration and all of that, because your body is so brilliantly designed to detox, but we get in the way of it a lot of times. So it's our lifestyle and nutrition habits that can get in the way of the way our body is meant to function. So we have to take it upon ourselves, take ownership and change what is in our control. Perfect. Now I'm going to say something. My, my takeaway is to make sure you take out the trash, or as my friends say, make sure you drop the kids up at the pool. So whatever you want to do. All right. Quick, quick thumbs up for the show and the show. All right, my friends. Thanks for watching. Have a good day. Let's put this off real quick and we're good to go.